Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Six, John chapter 6, verse 12 through 14. Thank you, praise team, for leading us into the presence of the Lord. Amen. What a powerful presence here. I like what I feel. Every time I come into this house, I like what I feel. It's the power of God. It gives me hope. <laughs> gives me hope. Are you convinced of that? It gives you hope. It gives me hope. It gives all of us hope. It gives the world hope. Praise God. The book of John, chapter 6, verse 12. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle they, that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. Twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. I want to preach to you on this subject, the miracle of the leftovers. The miracle of the leftovers. You may be seated. Now, I struggle with that word leftovers because I'm not a big leftover eater. I just am not. I... uh, do like leftovers, some type of leftovers. I like soup. I could eat soup as leftovers for a week. Potato soup, vegetable soup, any kind of soup. There's certain things that I will eat uh, as leftovers, but some things I just don't. I like it fresh. I like it fresh and ready to go. Uh, not necessarily microwave meals they're just quick and just don't have the flavor the taste I don't think of a good old slow cooked meal slow cooked meals are the best I told someone that that several years ago and uh, they were talking about they just came into the church and was living for God and received the Holy Ghost or actually they had been baptized repented and was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and um, but they hadn't received the Holy Ghost yet, and it took a while for them to receive the Holy Ghost. And so they were praying for it, and they were praying for it. So I just, I know sometimes my mind thinks in unusual ways, but I just looked them in the eye one day. They were frustrated not receiving the Holy Ghost. And I said, well, slow-cooked meals are the best. Sometimes it just takes some time. And when they finally received the Holy Ghost, it was it was a powerful experience for them. And and they were so excited about it, so happy about it. And sometimes slow-cooked meals are the best. 
You know, you put things in the microwave and, and boom, it's out within 30 seconds or two minutes or what have you. And I, it just doesn't have the, just doesn't have the taste of, you know, something's been simmering for a while. And, um, I mean, I could go on and on talking about food, but yet that's not what I'm here for here today. But leftovers might not be the perfect word for this, but it's all I got. I've heard that before. This is all I got, leftovers. But that's all I have today. But you know, in the leftovers, that can be a miracle. There can be something very miraculous that comes forth, Brother brother Will, from the leftovers. The overflow, living in the overflow. You know, we come and we receive from God, but yet there's a powerful overflow that is flowing in this place today that I know without a doubt that when we leave this building, if someone were to walk back into this building, they can feel that residue and overflow of the power of God's Spirit within this building here today. God is a powerful God. And I know that, that miracles are upon His plan for the apostolic church, those that believe in the truth of the apostolic teachings and are walking in faith, God's desire and plan is for Him. And it's not just for the apostolic church. He wants to pour out His miracles upon the whole world. He wants to to perform miracles. He wants to heal bodies. He wants to deliver people from cancer. He wants to fill people with the power of the Holy Ghost. He wants to open the blinded eyes. He wants to unstop the deaf ears. He wants to heal of sickness and disease that the doctor says can't be healed of. That's God. And I know that without a doubt, without without faith, we can't receive those things. But I know that His plan for His church is for us to just simply believe with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Just like the Scripture I read earlier, you know, He said, you know, if you will speak to this mountain, it will be removed and cast into the sea. How many believe that? It's the Word of God. There are so many miracles that God wants to perform within the midst of His church. He wants to do some powerful things, some glorious things. He wants to bring forth a complete healing and deliverance. Amen. Sister Devana has a testimony of the power of God, what God did for her this past week. Uh, there was uh, uh, high levels of the blood count or whatever. You could stand and say a word here. Um, just don't take my preaching time. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. That's a miracle. I was teasing earlier. I said, you're never normal. But here God brought this to normal. And, and thank the Lord for that. I'm glad she's got a good, she's a good sport. <laughs> but you know, there are miracles that are happening all around us. 
there's more miracles that God wants to perform and He wants to do within the midst of His church body. Right here at Landmark, there are miracles, testimonies, things that God is doing right now. And He wants to do so much more. But when we... When we think about it, and I was reading some different authors and different writers about miracles, and I was amazed at the thought that there's a lot of people in the religious world that don't even believe in miracles today. They don't believe that they are part of the church. They don't believe that God is doing these things. As a matter of fact, I even read some things. And you've got to be careful what you read at times. You've got to go back to the Word of God and, and realize that the church of the, uh, of the day of the apostles is still the church of today. There's things God wants to do, and He even said even greater things than these. Yeah, you do. So, and I was reading some uh, different writings, and some of these writings of people that claim to be religious uh, feel like that that those things stopped when Jesus performed the miracle. That in those days of Jesus walking on the earth, that those miracles stopped. They didn't stop. After Jesus left this earth, the apostles walked uh, and ministered and preached the gospel, and miracles still happened. They even took pieces of of uh, the apostles' uh, clothing and uh, anointed them and prayed and gave them to the sick and they were they were they were healed pieces of his clothing. That's strange. Sometimes it's hard to fathom that. Now, I know we we anoint the cloth and we pray over it and we send it. And I've seen people healed uh, because of that. I've seen people touched. I've seen people ministered to by just um, uh, just those uh, simple acts of faith. And you know, here today, God wants to do so much more than what we're even seeing and what we're experiencing. He wants to perform miracles and wonders uh, by His hand right here among these people that I'm preaching to here today. That's His plan. But in this story, in the book of John, chapter 6, after these things went over the sea, Jesus went over the Sea of, of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him because they saw um, they saw his miracles which he did on them, and they were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus was lifted up, his, when Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said, saith unto Philip. Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And, and the Bible says here that Jesus was proving them by saying that. Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? Now notice here he said it to Philip. To Philip. Philip, uh, what about this? Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? Verse 6 shows the motive of Jesus, and this he said to prove him. For he himself knew what he would do. Jesus already knew what he was going to do. He already knew what miracle he was going to perform, but he was just testing the disciples. You know, you've seen the blinded eyes open. You've seen the miracles. You've seen lame get up and walk. You've seen all kinds of powerful, great and powerful miracles uh, that I performed by your hand. But what about this situation? All of these multitudes of people that are out here, all of these, all these people, um, okay, where are we going to go buy bread that these may eat? Philip answered and said, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them. 
that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But then listen to what he said. I mean, he he was coming around. He was saying, Here, here's a little bit of food, Jesus, but listen to what he says about it. But what are they among so many? What are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down. And likewise of the fishes as much as they would. And when they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. It was the leftovers. It was the things that were left in the overflow. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth that the prophet that should come into the world. This is a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. You see, there were there actually is two different accounts of the Lord feeding the uh, multitudes, multiplying fishes and loaves to feed the multitudes in the Word of God. And one of these was on the east side of the Sea of Galilee, and then the other one was on the west side of the Sea of Galilee. So in this study, we find that this uh, outpouring of on the east side was in a very unusual place. And I'll talk about that just here in a moment. It was to the Gentiles, and the other was to the Jewish people or the Hebrew people, the people of Israel. But miracles are for all people that simply believe. And here today within Landmark family is a people that believe in the miraculous. We can see more and more of God's hand moving and miracles being performed from the hand of God like He wants to do as we continue to walk in faith, believing, trusting in God, speaking it out of our mouths that God is going to bring something to pass in my life, in my heart, in my church, in my community. You see, we are living for a God that is a performer of miracles. He desires to do more than what we have ever dreamed or imagined. But here's the thing. Some, a lot of times people are not looking at the end result. Many times people are only looking at what they don't have. And, and what is this among so many? It says in the book of John 6 and 9, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? How many of us have come to that point and we thought, well, we, we put a lot of trust in what the doctor says. Thank God for doctors.
doctors. Thank God for nurses. Thank God for medicine. I'm thankful for that. But I want you to understand something here today. When the doctors say it can't be done, I want you to not say, what is this among so such a big problem that I've got? Such a big struggle that I've got here? What is this that I have in my hand with such a great problem? But when we stop and look at that only, then we're going to forget about the miracle. We've got to stretch our thinking. Many look at what we don't have, and that is, that's the reason why many times we don't receive what we need in our lives. We're just looking at what we don't have. Guess what? We don't have enough. I don't have the power to heal of cancer. I don't have the power to deliver your soul. I don't have the power to save your soul. I don't have the power to, 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 uh, 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 to help you get over the struggles that you have in your life. But I do know a God that I can lead you to. And I do know a word of faith that we can come into and speak it out of our mouth and see God do a miracle. Cancer is nothing for God. Amen. Sugar diabetes is nothing for God. Uh, Disease is nothing for God. Lameness in our body is nothing for God. He can heal. And that mountain that is in your life, it is nothing for God. If you speak into that mountain believing that God can come through, you don't have the power to overcome that mountain. I don't have the power to overcome that mountain. But God does if we really believe the Word of God. But many people are looking at what we, what little that we have. It's not enough to... Over, you're right. It is not enough. What you have is not enough for you to be able to live for God. What you have is not enough for you to be able to overcome that struggle in your life. But when you couple it with the power of God's Spirit, there is nothing that can stand between you and conquering and victory within your life. Those strongholds in your life, you can overcome them. You can find victory in them. Not on the power of you alone. Amen. You do your part, but God has a power that can set you free. He has a power that can set you free if we really believe. But we're always looking at what we, what little that we have. We don't have much. God wants us to look at what's left over. I realize it hasn't happened yet in some miracles. But you need to catch a vision of not just the problem that is in front of you. You need to catch a vision of the leftovers. There's a miracle in the leftovers. It brings forth a faith in the power of the overflow. God wants us to look at what's left over more than what we started with because God has His hand in this thing, mixing it together. And when He asked them, where are we going to buy uh, enough food to feed all of these people? Well, I, we got a, you know, we got a little bit of fish, a little bit of loaves here. But what is that among so many? It's not enough, but Jesus was trying to prove a point here. He's trying to prove a point that, you know, if you just trust in me, all of the things where you come up short, I could come through with. I can make up the difference. And even, not just make up the difference just to barely make it happen, but I can give you something that is above and beyond what you ever thought you could have. We're constantly looking at what we have. It's not enough. But what we need to do is look to God. He has abundance. 
He has abundance. It says in the book of Matthew 16, 7-10, and they reasoned among themselves. That's, that's the first thing that gets us in trouble. When we start reasoning among ourselves. You know what? You can reason yourself right out of a miracle. With your reasoning, well, this, this has got to take place before this can take place. And then that's got to happen here. This has got to be taken away. And this has got to be removed. And this has got to fit in this spot. And, and, and a matter of fact, that uh, square peg's got to fit in that round hole. And I don't see it happening. I'm reasoning. When we tar- start reasoning to ourselves and even reasoning among each other, we're going to miss out on the greatest miracle of all. God wants us to understand that there is a miracle power in the in the the house of God when we believe and trust in Him. He can do the miraculous. Matter of fact, if if it comes down to uh, you needing to fit a square peg in a round hole, God can do it. He can do it. If He's got a <laughs> If he's got to make that round hole into a square hole, he'll do it. Or if he just fits it in. He does it somehow. I don't know how he does it, but he does it. But there is a miracle for us. But then in Matthew 16 and 7, and they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. Which when Jesus, and this was a different situation. We haven't taken no bread. Which when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves? Because ye have brought no bread. Do ye not understand? Neither remember the five loaves and the five thousand. But then he also went on and says, Not just do you remember the five loaves and the five thousand, but how many baskets? He took up after they all ate. Neither the seven loaves of the four thousand and how many baskets you took up. Do you even remember that? There is a miracle that we find in the leftovers. Because there are miracles in your life where your back was against the wall and you were struggling and you were having a hard time and you didn't know how it was going to fit together. You were in a position where you couldn't do it yourself. And you were looking at, oh, this is all I have. It's never going to work. It's never going to be uh, what it needs to be. It's never going to fall into place. But your back was against the wall. But do you remember the, the miracle that God performed when the doctor said it can't be done, but it happened anyway? When the neighbor said it can't be done, but it happened anyway? When the family member said to you that you trust very dearly, says it can't be done, but yet God worked it out anyway? What about the baskets? What about the leftovers? What about those things that God has poured out? when you were standing there with just a little bit in your hand and when God got finished with that little bit you had and He began to begin to multiply it uh, and spread it out and when you ended up you had more in your hands and in your heart and in your soul what you, than what you even started with. 
you had more in your life than what you started with. And that's the thing about people coming to the Lord. Sometimes they won't make that step to an altar and pray and, and repent of their sins and give their life to the Lord because they're thinking, oh, I've got to give this up and I've got to give that up. Let me tell you something. The little bit of things that you have in your hand that you put such value on are so small. But when God gets finished and when you pour your heart out totally to God and you surrender your heart totally to God. Those little things that you put so much value in, God can take those things and multiply them greater than what you ever thought He could he could do. He could take that alcohol bottle that you put so much trust in. He could take that alcohol bottle and he could turn it around into something greater. I'm talking about a move of the Holy Ghost in your life that you thought you had a drunk and you felt good in that drunk. Let me tell you something. The drunkenness of the Spirit of God, there's nothing to compare with the things of this world. Amen. When you look at that drug, uh, that, that drug that you think makes you uh, high and makes you feel good for a period of time and when you consider those things and it makes you feel good for for just a time you begin to put it in the hands of God you might think it's it's little it's little it's it's what I got to hold on to but you know what God does he takes those things and he makes them into something greater talking about a high in the spirit of the holy ghost talking about a high in the power of God when you receive the gift of the holy ghost there is a power of God that will deliver you and talking about a high you don't get up the next morning with a crashing headache. You get up the next morning with victory in your heart. Victory in your soul. Hallelujah. Amen. There is a God that wants to perform a miracle in your life. You don't lose anything by giving it all to God. You gain everything. Oh, you gain everything. Well, what about the baskets? Disciples, I mean... Come on. Jesus, I'm sure he got so frustrated with these 12 guys. Can't you remember? Who would forget? Who in the right mind would forget the feeding of the multitudes, the 5,000, the 4,000, with just a few fishes and loaves? Who would forget that? And here Jesus said, Don't you remember? Don't you remember? God is so patient. Thank the Lord He is so patient with us. Because all we're thinking about is the little that I have in my hand. What is this among so many? But He's saying, remember the baskets that were full. You need a miracle? Don't you remember past miracles? And the abundance that was left over. Don't you remember those past miracles? If you've got a miracle in your life, and I know many of us do, probably all of us at some point or another, if we remember the miracle, then, then, then there shouldn't be a problem with the next miracle. There shouldn't be a problem with the following miracle. I want every miracle that I can get in my life. I want every miracle for this church that we can find because God is ready to pour these things out. It's just a matter of us simply standing upon the Word of God and believing God for the miracle. God can do anything. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what the doctors think. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. When it comes to the hand of God, God can turn this place upside down if He 
wants to, and we could still sit in our pews upside down if that God, if that's what God chose to do. Wouldn't that be crazy? God says, hey, I'm going to stir them up. I'm going to turn this building upside down. We're still sitting in our pews looking down at the floor. If God wants to do that, He can do that. If we really believe. Do you need a miracle? Remember the past miracles and the abundance that God gave. The miracle of the multitude of feeding those that were there that day. Most commentators believe this marks a unique period in the ministry of Jesus. When he did his healing and providing, uh, providing work in the Gentile region of Galilee, especially uh, uh, correlating this with Mark 7, 31 through 37, we see that this happened on the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee, the region known as Decapolis, as well the remoteness of the area or the place in the wilderness, Matthew 15:33. It fits better with the eastern side. These people were most, most probably heathen or semi-heathen, gathered from the region of the Decapolis, And as Jesus healed and provided for this mixed or predominantly Gentile multitude, it showed that the Gentiles, in fact, were getting more than just a few crumbs at the table of Jesus Christ that day. You know, there's a lot of things in our lives as Gentiles. We're thinking, oh, if we can just get the crumbs from the Master's table. I realize a woman came to Jesus one day praying for that miracle for a devil to be cast out of her daughter. But you know, the thing about it, as Jesus tried her, she just kept pressing forward. And she kept pressing forward. He said the dogs, you know, said the dogs eat at the Master's table. They eat the crumbs. At least I could get something. Some people look at living for God as just give me a cabin on the corner of glory land. Just in the back corner of the back 40 or the back 100,000 acres, whatever he's got there in heaven. Give me a, give me a, uh, uh, just a little cabin on the corner of glory land. No, I don't want that and I know you don't either. I want everything that God has for me. I don't want to limit my miracles down to, Lord, just barely give me a little bit relief in my problem and my struggle. No, I want what God wants. And what God wants is complete deliverance and complete victory in your life. Hallelujah. That's what God wants. But here they were. They, he fed those. And it wasn't just crumbs. They ate until they were full. And they still had leftovers. Sometimes we just become satisfied with just the crumbs. The Lord's not satisfied with us just receiving the crumbs. The Lord wants us to have a full course meal from His hand of miracles. You know, sometimes as a church body, we can go for a period of time and not experience a miracle. I don't believe that's God's will. I believe that we come to the house of God and believe God and petition God and and ask God for what we need in our lives. Now, I'm not saying that God is going to be like a Santa Claus and, 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 you know, we're just going to give me something crazy. Give me a skyscraper in New York that I can rent out and make multitudes of billions of dollars. No, no. what God wants to do is He wants to take care of those needs in your life. He wants to work a miracle. He wants to bless you. He wants to keep you. He wants to help you. But some of the biggest struggles is just believing God that He would heal my body or remove whatever obstacle out of my life that there is. 
Sometimes those things are so big. We look at we look at my my hands, my strength. I can't push that down. No, you can't. But God can. When God wants to produce baskets of leftovers in our lives, we need to remember the hand of God is upon us. Miracles are a part of an apostolic church. The disciples gave to the multitude. Jesus did what only He could do, and that was create the miracle, but left the disciples what they could do, and that was distribute the meal. There are miracles in the house of God, and it's going to come from the hand of God. And it's not God's desire for us to go for a period of time just having a little miracle here, a little miracle there. I believe it's something that needs to be constant. I believe that God's desire is for there to be a constant filling of people with the Holy Ghost in every service. Uh, there to be a miracle of deliverance in every service. For there to be a victory set free from the bondages of this world by the power of God. That's His desire. But it only comes to the believer. The seven baskets show that God supplied out of His abundance. He had more than twelve baskets to leave with them. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the Bible says. He owns everything. We are His. Everything in this world, it's His at His beckoning call. But the twelve baskets of leftovers show that He gave it from His abundance. And we love seeing miracles. We love it. We've got testimonies here of miracles. Even this property in this building is a miracle from God. I talk to people at times and they tell me that we wish you we, we wish we had a miracle like that. We love miracles. I love to see people healed. I love to see people delivered. We we love to see that's the reason why people follow Jesus, because they love the miracles. They've seen these things, deliverances, come to people's lives. They loved it. We love seeing. We have a mindset that miracles are scarce. And maybe so. But it's not because God doesn't want to pour them out. It's because we're only looking at the little amount that we have and not considering the great God of the leftovers and the overflow and the abundance. There are miracles and needs in this building today that God wants to answer. There are, matter of fact, there's really when you think about it, there are everyday miracles around us all the time, and some we don't even recognize. And you know why we don't recognize them? Because of repetition. These things continue to happen, and we get to where we just and we're excited about a miracle. But there's some miracles we don't even consider. A baby that is born into this world, that is a miracle. When you consider that that baby has been formed and by the hand of God and the organs and everything is put into place, and then when that baby is born and takes in the breath of God, that is a miracle. That's a miracle. It's sad that our world is trying to destroy miracles. 
But that is a miracle from the hand of God. Matter of fact, when the when, and we we're blessed in in Illinois when, I, when you drive through Illinois and you see these cornfields and these bean fields and and the wheat fields and all of these different fields of crops and such a blessing that it is. And Illinois produces for not just the America but for the whole world. I mean, you consider it is a miracle for a farmer to take a seed, a corn seed, and plant it in the ground and that thing grow and germinate and grow and brings forth three or four ears of corn on a corn stalk. That is a miracle. The farmer can only do his part by planting the seed, but what comes forth is a miracle from God of great multiplication. You see, that is what God does. He does not subtract. He adds to. He multiplies. He, he, he does great things. And, and He wants to perform a miracle in our lives. There are miracles that are happening all around us, but we get so uh, desensitized to these things because they're just common things in life. You get up out of bed in the morning and you take in a breath. That's a miracle from God. You step out of your bed. I'm finding the older I get, it is a miracle from God for me to just get this old body working, you know. And what? But once I get going, you better just step out of the way. Get these muscles stretched a little bit. I'm ready to roll. But there are miracles that are happening all around us. We calculate with what we don't have and come up with how it can't be done. Again, that Scripture, John 6 and 9, there's a lad here. He had five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? In other words, we need a miracle. And God's calculations are totally different. He always multiplies with abundance. And with leftovers. When we come to God with a need instead of coming with a a sieve, you know what those sieves are? We're just kind of sieving it out, just getting a little here, a little there, sprinkling. We come with a sieve for small portions. But God's wanting us to come with a tank truck. He wants us to come with a big truck. We're ready to get the blessings of God. Whatever God wants. He can pour out. Instead of coming with a teaspoon, come with a bucket because there's going to be some leftovers when that miracle's finished. Don't think small. Don't, don't think in terms that I'm just going to, what little that I have, God, I, I don't have much, but I, I don't know what it's going to do when, in the midst of all these multitudes of people. But God's saying, just give me what you have and I will multiply it to the point where you're not going to, You're not even going to have what you had before. You're going to have more than what you had before. When you come to God, you don't lose anything. You gain everything. You gain more than what you ever dreamed that you could ever receive. Matter of fact, your imagination of the greatest things of life are not uh, uh, big bank accounts and and big uh, uh, money in your bank account and a big home and this and that. The greatest things in your life, it's just peace in your heart, peace in your soul, joy in your life, victory in your heart, being able to understand that if Jesus came back, my life is going to walk into eternal victory in a heavenly place with God. Amen. And what God also wants to do, and this is something you've all heard so many times, but... If you're going to pray for rain, bring an umbrella. That's what faith is. 
If you pray for rain, why walk to the church without an umbrella? If you really believe that you're going to have to have an umbrella, some wading boots, a raincoat, that's what God's talking about. If you really, really believe that God can perform a miracle for that need that you have here today in this house. Miracle. A miracle. A miracle. If you pray for healing in your body, thank God for it. If you believe God, thank God for it. Amen. Don't think of only what I can do with my own hands. Think of what God can do with just a few fishes and a few loaves. There will be leftovers. And Jesus is saying, don't you remember the leftovers? Don't you remember the leftovers from that last miracle? Don't you remember the last time I healed your body or touched your life or took care of the finances in your, in your bank account because you didn't have enough money to pay the bills? And I stepped in and I took care of it. And you're sitting there thinking, where did this come from? Or that $100 bill or that $20 bill that you found stuck down in your pocket that, oh, that's just one I stuck away and I forgot about. No, that's something that God put there for a purpose, a miracle, a miracle of the hand of God. You see, God is wanting to perform miracles by the planting of seed and multiplication. That's a part of revival. That's a part of revival, believing God. To those contemplating giving your life to God, don't think that you're going to lose anything Heaven's going to open up its windows and pour out on you things that you could not ever receive anyplace else. Joy and happiness and knowing that you can lay your head down on your pillow at night and realize that if the Lord came today or tonight that I am going to go to a place of heaven and walk down streets of gold and run to the throne room of God and, and bow myself before God and talking about a Holy Ghost outpouring the power of God which the Spirit of God, it's God and when we get to that place talking about a shouting and a dancing and a rejoicing and the glory and the power of God there's not going to be anything like it just realizing, hey, it's in God's plan. You don't lose anything, you gain everything. Remember the overflow. The book of John, chapter 10, verse 10. This is how God operates. And I'm going to bring this to a close. John 10 and 10. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Who is that thief? That thief is the devil. That thief, and I'm not going to blame it all on the devil, that thief a lot of times is just the flesh and our bad decisions. That thief cometh not but for to steal from you the greatest blessings of your life and to kill you, to keep you from receiving what you need from God today. 
and to destroy. It's not just steal and to kill, but it's also to destroy you. But Jesus said in the completion of that verse, John 10 and 10, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Abundance. God is not into little bitty teeny tiny things. God is into the big things. Now, I want to rephrase that here. He does care about the little bitty teeny tiny things that are agitating you, like a message that Brother Scott Graham preached about the sand in his shoe. The little things that irritate us. He, God cares about that. But when he gets finished, it's not just a teeny tiny little bitty miracle. It's abundance, Sister Sherry. It's abundance. And baskets to carry home with you for later. I think those baskets he was talking about, the bread, the fish, soup. It's got to be soup. Leftovers. God is saying to us today that I have some things that I want to pour out upon your life. That your eye has not seen. That your ear has not heard. Neither has it entered in the heart of man things God has prepared for us. I know there's so much more to that Scripture. But even the imagination of your heart couldn't imagine the things that God wants to do for His church. But there are miracles in this house every time we come to the house of the Lord if you just simply believe and believe His Word. Sometimes we receive not because we ask not. Sometimes we don't even ask because all we're considering is that little bit that's in our hand here. It's not enough to make a difference in this great multitude of people. But God's saying, it doesn't matter what you got in your hand. Even if you don't have anything in your hand, I could work a miracle out of nothing. So God is saying to us today, it's my desire to pour out miracles upon miracles upon miracles and when it's all said and done you're going to go home with basket full of more than what you gave even if it was nothing the battle of course is thinking how we can overcome thinking how when God is finished we will have more and leftovers to boot. That's what we need to be thinking about. There's some in the Bible that uh, some in the Bible that stepped out and received greater than what they ever gave. They received basketfuls of abundance. As we stand here today, there's a familiar story of a woman with the issue of blood had given everything to everything else. But then when it was all said and done, she brought what little she had left to the Lord to just simply touch 
the hem of his garment. And when she finished touching the hem of his garment, God healed her in such a powerful way. Delivered her from the issue that she had in her life. That was draining her. Draining her bank accounts. Draining her life. Draining every day of her life. Twelve long years. There was a Gentile woman that came, as I mentioned earlier in the book of Mark 7, 29-30, expecting just a little crumbs. And said, and he said unto her, For this saying, Go thy way, after she had given him that even the dogs eat of the master's table. Just crumbs. Just give me a crumb. Jesus said unto her, For this saying, Go thy way, the devil has gone out of thy daughter. And when she was come to her house, she found something that she had longed for. Because the hand of God had been to her house before she ever even got there. She found the devil gone out of her daughter, and her daughter laid upon the bed, the Bible says. And then there's another man. The Bible's full of miracles. There was another man in the book of Acts, chapter 3, verse 2 through 8. The Bible says he was a certain man lame from his mother's womb. He was carried. whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Just little coins in his cup. He did this every day of his life. They carried him there, and he... All he was expecting was just a few coins in the cup to fill up his cup so he could buy some food. That's all he expected. Who seeing Peter and John go into the temple asking alms. Just a few coins here. That's all I need. Peter fastening his eyes upon him. But John said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them. And notice here in verse 5, expecting to receive something of them. But what he was expecting was just a small amount of coins. He said, look on us. He looked on them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. It took faith for the man to get up. And he took him by the right hand. And lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with him into the temple. Walking and leaping and praising God. A man that had never received that miracle ever before of even walking like we do every day. He didn't have to go through a process of being taught how to walk. He was leaping and walking. And praising God. And today God has a miracle for those that believe. Those that believe. That say, God, all I have is just a little bit in my hand. What is it among such great struggle that I have in my life? What God's saying to us here today is plant a seed of faith. Give it to me, and a miracle is going to come out. 
of your life. A miracle. There's miracles in the leftovers. Can you remember the miracle that God did for you and the abundance that was left over? God's saying to us today, come. I'm opening up these altars right now for those that believe. That believe in a miracle. I know there's needs in this house. If you have a need, I want you to walk to this altar and I want you to lift your hands and I want you to ask God to take care of your need and work a miracle. No matter how big or small that it is, lift your hands and open your hands up and release unto God that little that you have. And watch a miracle come forth with abundance. With abundance. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.